Moncrief on News Talk. Tell me why with Graham Finlay. If you have a question for Graham, you can, as ever, send it into afternoon at newstalk.com. Today's question is this Why do we tend to stumble? when walking on an escalator or travelator that isn't moving. And Graham joins us now on Newstalk. Afternoon, Graham. Afternoon. Uh, now, is this is there any evidence one way or the other that this is something that affects most people or, or a small subset of people? It affects most people. It also affects most animals. <clears throat> In fact, if you don't experience this effect when you get on a broken escalator or especially on a travelator or moving sidewalk, whatever they, they are, um, you know, do text in because you're quite unusual. Uh, it's it's a very powerful effect, and it's one which is really easy to induce in in artificial psychological subjects. Uh, well, real human beings who are psychological subjects, right? Uh, and it and they've done it on cats and mice and all kinds of other stuff. So, despite all vertebrates um, are are susceptible to this, <clears throat> and and it's about it's an example of motor adaptation. And, and so, the standard thing they use is a is a conveyor belt with sort of two different tracks. One goes faster than the others. Your left foot um, has to move faster than your right foot. Um, and, and all animals are quite good at adapting to these new environments, which is what happens with escalators and, and travelators, let's call them. Uh, so, I mean, this is a familiar thing. You, you, you come up to a, an escalator or a travelator in an airport, maybe especially, and, and it's broken. So you can see it's broken. It's not moving. You step onto it and you stumble or you feel a sort of sway or you and you certainly feel a weird sensation that, you know, something odd is happening. You might fall. And and you do that even though, you know, it's just a set of stairs or more sidewalk, you know, mm. when which is right in front of you. And uh and, and it's really quite powerful. And, and so Jerry, who wrote in about this, is, is not going mad. He's, he's perfectly normal. Uh, and scientists have actually studied this in some depth to try and figure out what's going on. And what's going on? What is going on is the, your brain, you know, and the, the big story is we have to adapt to our environments. And there are debates over whether we cancel out sort of threatening aspects of our new environments by trying to walk in this case, normally through the, the new environment. Um, this happens on slippery slopes as well, or slippery surfaces. Um, uh, other people say, no, we want to optimize um, our activity so that it's, we, we do as well as we can in the environment. This is a big debate. In any case, we adapt our motions in a really primitive part of the brain. I mean, it literally is our sort of muscle memory uh, so that we, when confronted with this particular escalator or this particular environment, we do what's always worked before uh, because we're really afraid of falling down and especially of falling backward. I don't suppose I have to really spell out why falling backward is bad, even compared to falling forward. But uh, in fact, there are these really extensive studies on people with Parkinson's, which where they make them fall sort of over and over again in various directions, uh, which um, is really quite heroic on the parts of the Parkinson's sufferers. But um, in any case, so, so we really want to adapt to this new situation and we do successfully. And this basically overrides our cognitive part of our brain, different part of the brain, which sees and knows what's, you know, that the thing is stationary. Uh, and so we step onto the, the moving thing and just to sort of hedge our bets, we, we engage in the motion, which, which we always have done on moving escalators. And, and so we, again, we move forward, uh, we, we increase our speed uh, and um, we, uh, we, we sort of sway quite dramatically forward. And they've done these experiments on people with, with various kinds of disorders, but they've all, and they've done it on cats and all sorts of other things. Uh, but it's really, really easy to get this effect on people. They, they had people walk on a surface, then they had part of it move. 
And uh, it only takes one or two experiences of a moving travelator, say, to, to ha experience this after effect. Uh, and then once uh, you stop it moving and you say, look, it stopped moving, it's not going to move anymore, um, it can take usually about 10 experiences before you um, master the after effect and you start walking normally. Um, and it's impervious in those first 10 examples to us deliberately trying not to, to make this swaying motion. Is it to do with expectation in the sense that you expect it to move and then when it doesn't, you get a surprise? Yeah, well, I mean, you, part of you gets a surprise, right? <laughs> you know, and, and part of you knows exactly what's happening. So, yeah, I mean, it's all about the context. So if you, um, if you perform this motion, I mean, this, it happens to people, especially in, in, in countries with subways or towns with subways, where you take a lot of escalators. I mean, you know, we're not a very escalator-rich society, I, I basically think. But if you do this every day, um, you're going to have this effect. And so it turns out if, you, um, if you're trying to, to blanket and, and damp down on the after effect, then if you use a different leg to step onto the escalator than you normally would, so usually you use your right leg, say, right? If you use the left leg, the effect isn't going to be quite as, as great. The other thing is you are anticipating this, and so the actual movement starts before you step on the, on the escalator. And it's really important for, for them to think this, because some people might say it's, it's the experience of, of things not being quite the way they usually are, which provokes the effect. But in fact, you really are constantly scanning your context for the, these kinds of clues. And so you anticipate uh, in advance that it will move even if it doesn't look like it, it, it's moving, or it might move, and, and so forth. And uh, now some, it may not be purely fear of our anxiety around falling, but they've done a lot of work with people with functional gait disorders, which um, is a bizarre disorder, which is very common, where literally they don't know why you have it. So there's something strange about your walk, and it's not very functional, but you don't have any neurological or, or other medical reason, which is obvious for, for walking that way. Those people experience intense anxiety around falling, and so they, they experience a lot more anxiety when you put them through tests like this. Right, and yeah. So, so there's a lot of, there's a big story here, um, which is they might be able to learn how to control this and how to make certain kinds of interventions. Because they also, they, they basically uh, attached a battery to, to the part of the brain where this motor, mu this muscle memory, this motor adaptation takes place. And they were able to actually make the effect even more pronounced by stimulating it just before people went in to do this, these experiments. Uh, so, yeah, there's a, there's a lot going on there. Um, one of the interesting things is some people have argued that, some scientists have argued that just the mere visual sort of, uh, sort of incongruity of the particular situation is enough to produce the effect. Uh, but I'm not totally, totally sure about this experiment because what they did is they, they had the escalator, the familiar escalator experiment, and then they, they adapted it so it didn't look as much like an escalator. Like they took the grooves away and they put little boxes over the round handrails. But it looked like kind of a badly disguised escalator. It, I'm not totally sure if if you would be, you know, particularly fooled into thinking you were, had nothing to do with an escalator. Yeah, okay. Uh, well, let me see, why do they feel the need to disguise its escalatiness? Well, because people have, you know, all these attachments to escalators, and as soon as you see an escalator, you're thinking, I'm going to be moving, right? And it may be because you're, you're, you're sort of worried about, about falling. Uh, we, in, in Twitter, on Twitter before we, I went on, there have been a lot of discussions about escalator accidents, which are a real thing. Uh, it should be said, mm. um, but but uh, yeah, I mean, and and again, this is this is an important part of your environment. Uh, you know, 
Um, it's not all fun and games with people falling down. In fact, in the very first uh, travelator in, installed in an airport in 1958, two years later, there was absolutely horrendous, horrible beyond description, so I won't describe it, a death of a two-year-old girl <gasps> as a result of it. So, so people, I mean, we are all genuinely concerned about when parts of our environment don't move the way we're used to. Um, and it's something which all of us need to do to navigate the world successfully. And that's why it's so powerful, uh, because the, the, your balance and your, the, you know, the whole ability to stay upright in the world you know, is actually using different parts of your brain than where this motor learning takes place. It's a different kind of memory. And, and in all these ways, the, the things are, are radically separated, such that it produces this perhaps seemingly humdrum effect. Do animals react in the same way? Because presumably an animal doesn't know that what an escalator is supposed to do. That's true, but they get very used to seeing, um, you know, different things moving at different times, and, and they adapt to their environments just as well. So, uh, again, I'm, I was thinking, I actually saw, I mean, I wish I had my, my phone out because there was a kitten sort of who jumped on a, on a, on a rain-slicked car recently when I was at the Cliffs of Mower back when we were allowed to travel. And um, it comically sort of tried to stay up and then slid funnily off the car. And, and I, if I captured that, I'd be rich now. But... <laughs> You know, kittens, you know, it was clearly learning to navigate slippery surfaces. Um, And so, yeah, animals and mice, um, you know, they've done a lot of experiments on mice for this because with mice, you can ethically, allegedly anyway, sort of really look at their cerebellums where a lot of this work goes on. And a lot of people with damaged cerebellums, um, you know, experience greater experiences of this effect, but not all of the effect. So they sway more than, than, than other people, but, uh, or people who have damages to their inner ear, the, the vestibular system, which, which controls balance. Um, they may sway more, but they actual, actually don't speed up. Uh, so yeah, even animals experience this effect because animals are constantly trying to uh, you know, um, learn processes, I guess, really, which allow them to automatically navigate the world. I mean, think about how important this is to us. This allows people to play the guitar without thinking about where they're putting their fingers. It allows us to do all sorts of different things, which um, otherwise, you know, we'd, we'd have to consciously plan on doing. And so it's connected to, to some of the most basic senses in the body, like proprioception, which has been described as the sixth sense. It's our sense of moving our body and where our body is. And Oliver Sacks talks about a case where someone lost that sense. And if they wanted to move their hand, they'd have to look at their hand, move it over to a place, put it down, cradle around the fingers around an object, move it over and things like that. Um, you know, mm. how, you know, everything would take a lot longer that way. And, and so it's one of the most fundamental things about vertebrate mammal brains, I mean, vertebrate brains, uh, that, that we behave this way. Yeah. Uh, let me free, read out a few texts about this. Town in Cork says, My wife is useless at getting on and off escalators and travelators. She almost causes pileups at airports, just can't negotiate the change of pace. Uh, Rory says, I think a lot of people find it quite difficult to step on them when they're moving as well. I'm always stuck behind people who are uh, addressing getting on the escalator like they're stepping off a cliff. This seems to happen particularly when I'm rushing to make a flight. Morgan says, I made a complete tit of myself the last time I was in Dublin Airport, which seems like a lifetime ago doing this exact thing travelator was off and myself and my luggage went flying it makes no sense that I fell over and what was essentially unmoving ground but there you go never had the same issues with escalators so at least I've got that uh, going for me and Ron says I don't feel this effect on broken escalators I am however a lift and escalator engineer so probably spend more time on broken escalators than on moving ones 
That is a very particular case of adaptation. No, I mean, escalators, think about them. They're very weird, these travelators. Uh, you know, think about all the warning signs you get when you get to a travelator. It's like you're about to fly, a, you know, a supersonic yeah. jet or something like that. <laughs> you know, and there's even audio cues that you are about to get off the escalator. You know, mind, you know, the, the, the stopping escalator, you know, don't and don't hang about because people will crash into you. I mean, there are whole instructions on how to safely use an escalator, which again means keep going. Otherwise, people are going to start piling into you. And, um, you know, the, the weirdest thing is they don't actually speed things up that much. So, you know, you might think you're really like on, you know, a mover on steroids when you step up an escalator and you're, you're walking up the escalator as opposed to just waiting for the escalator to take you, to you up there. But in fact, you don't move any faster. And the similar thing happens on the travelators. Um, they are actually slower than most people's walking pace. Um, as most people who've tried to be the sort of macho air commuter, uh, you know, where they walk right past down the, the, the non-moving part of the, the moving escalator because they're so moving sidewalk because they're so concerned about getting to their flight and everybody's bunched up with their luggage on the, on the moving sidewalk. You know, they, they're actually slower than a normal walking pace for, for an adult. And so you actually slow, even if you're walking down the moving sidewalk, you actually uh, slow down to, to match the speed of, of the moving sidewalk. Now, I think there's a great variation in terms of how fast they go. Sometimes if I'm in an airport and it's a really fast <laughs> moving sidewalk, you know, you, the, all that anxiety becomes um, even more pronounced. And it's really important. I mean, you know, it's not that your, your brain just tries something out when you jump on this non-moving travelator and you sway and then you laugh at yourself and you have an uncanny feeling. Um, but you're actually adapting to that experience as well. You know, you know, if you really did what you would normally do, you'd fall over as, as the texter said. Mm. But so in fact, you, you, um, you try to compensate and you break on the, on the, uh, on the effect as well as a way of trying to maintain your um, equilibrium in, in what is for you 90% of the time, a normal environment, but has been dis, you know, combobulated by the fact that you're, your expectations are confounded. Uh, well, I've got to tell you, I- I'm one of those people that, uh, like, I take an escalator every day, uh, specifically in a dart station. Some days it's moving when you get on it. Some days it's just not moving at all. Sometimes it moves when you get on it. Uh, uh, but I always walk up it anyway, no matter what the circumstances are, and I've never felt any disorientation from that. But I wonder, is that because I've got used to uh, it might be in one of three different states when I get on it? Well, what you might be experiencing is, so you may have three or more, right, motor subsystems, like motor adaptations, which allows you to adapt to these various environments. Uh, And one of the things that they think that all this investigation at escalators and people with functional gait uh, disorders or various other, you know, balance disorders is those people may have trouble switching from one process to another, one learned adaptation process to another. Um, and so they are particular, have a particularly hard time overcoming the after effect and walking normally across what is a non-moving pathway. So, so they think that what may be behind these otherwise undiagnosable uh, functional gait disorders is that people don't have your immense flexibility in moving between different responses to different environments. All so I, yeah, uh, as yeah. an expert escalator user, you have it over the rest of us. Uh, that's uh, All I got from that was that basically I'm Spider-Man. Uh, Graham Finley, uh, thank you very much. Uh, you are listening to The Moncrief Show on News Talk. We're going to take a break. After that, the corn thieves. Moncrief on News Talk.